So, um, Mayor, um, Paul and I, and this is an, one of those key talking points that I uh, mentioned to you earlier, um, we have a, a big difference between us on the process of what happens to um, the um, name submissions. I have them all going, the, and, uh, whatever, if we receive 50, I have all 50 going um, immediately to the advisory committee once it's formed. Um, Paul has a process where we wheedle them down. Um, what happens is we would at our school committee meeting on April 26, which is what he designated. And Paul, if you want to speak to this, but I'm, cause I'm speaking for you, but he had it that, um, the school committee would wheedle down the number. Um, so let's say we got a hundred, we would each pick four and he has a fairly involved process where they're weighted. Um, and I found that confusing. And I thought that the whole intent of the advisory committee was in fact to vet the names. I did not feel that I could receive the names on a Friday, April 23rd, and in our Monday meeting, April 26th, be willing or able to then only send to the committee uh, my top four choices. It's a very significant difference on how we approach this question. Member Russo. Thank you, Mayor. And um, I, I agree, Paulette, that Member Vandercoot and I um, did uh, approach this issue. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Yep. Okay, thank you. Um, approach this issue a little differently. I sort of see this as very, there's sort of like this three-pronged issue. Um, if we just give all of the suggestions to the committee, I think 50 is... Um, no offense to Member Vanderclute, but a bit naive. There will be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of submissions, if for no other reason to make it difficult to accomplish the work. That is what is going to happen. So if we get hundreds and hundreds of submissions and we give all of those to the advisory committee, we have now sort of baked in a requirement that they can't possibly get their work done in any reasonable time frame. Um, also, this is completely and directly related to how many people are on the advisory committee. If an advisory committee has 10 people and we give them four choices, we can all imagine they can do a good job of figuring out what their suggestion is. If an advisory is 10 people and we give them 300 names, we need to give them two years to do the work. Um, so I feel like these three pieces are directly related to each other because if we do not in any way shape or form call the list in some fashion whether we agree to do it sort of in some blanket way um in this or or, or um or do it in the fashion that i had suggested in my resolution which was again just a, a first draft idea uh, but i do feel very much that um we, we, we have an important decision to make um, unless we wanna hear back from the advisory committee that they are only 30% of the way through the hundreds of submissions they got um, when they come to us and say, we just can't do it in this time frame. So uh, we can set ourselves up for failure on this if we don't do this right is my opinion. Or mayor. Member, and member Kratz has her hand as well. So member Vandeklude, if you wanna just. Yeah, just, just to answer that, or we can set us ourselves up for failure by receiving, if you, your number, Paul, of 300 on Friday afternoon and expecting me without, I don't have any time to vet them. Um, and on, so what basis am I going from 300 to four? 
It's just not real. The reason you have the advisory committee is to do the work. I mean, part of it will be um, when they, they will go through and, you know, the first ones, they'll, they'll all, in, you know, um, but that's not, if you are, if you're having us do that initial work um, uh, selection without, we ha without establishing what criteria we're using, um, it's a crapshoot. And I think that it undermines the whole process. Member Kratz? Yes. Um, so I completely agree with Ms. Vanderclute. And I strongly believe that all the names must go to the advisory committee. And that committee will thoroughly research those names. They're going to have to Google, maybe go to the library, break up into groups. Um, that's what I believe the committee is being formed to do, to research all the names, to come up with the best name for our community. And it should be the community, which is formed you know, via the committee that's researching these names. So I motion to accept the resolution the way it was put forth by Ms. Vanderclute, where the advisory committee will be formed and will receive all the names. Yes, maybe we could get a copy of the names so that we can also just review them and be familiar with the names that were submitted as suggested names. But the process of researching and, you know, thoroughly, you know, reflecting on these names and taking into consideration, you know, everything that's going on in our community, um, just from what we heard this evening, it's, it's, very, very important that the community, which is comprised of the advisory committee, is part of the process and doing the selection. You know, the entire, if we get 300 names, I believe, yes, they should get all of those names. I agree with that too, Member Kratz, thank you. And this is a public committee, so all the records will be public. Everybody will be able to get all see all 300 and I, I think it's the job of the advisory committee if, so that may be something we have to vote on member Rousseau sorry I'm happy to second that um, I just think uh, the next section ought to be interesting thank you okay so we are going to change that all name suggestions will go to the advisory committee so can you use mine, my wording, since I worked it out? We'll work that change in while we take a few more comments. We have Adam. Was that, a, I'm sorry, Mayor, was that a motion in a second? Because I'm trying to keep the tally. Yes, we, I did motion. I didn't hear a second. Uh, that was a second, second by Member second. Rousseau. Oh, okay, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I didn't well. hear it either. Okay, thank you. And I, yeah, we, can, we don't necessarily have to take the role. Well, we can take the role if there's opposition. So if anybody has opposition, we can do a roll call now. Otherwise, we're kind of just working with a living document. You can call the roll. Okay, before the roll is called, then let me. Um, uh, can I also have a wording of the motion just so I can record it in the tally sheet accurately? Please. Okay, I'm just, hold on one minute, Ms. McLaughlin. It would be, it would be Paul, Paulette's. Yes. 
um, that we accept Paulette's wording on yep. on this language. So why don't we write it in and then screen share it. And I'm gonna call on the residents that would like to speak on this issue. Um, Mike Cugno. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Sorry about that. We have, uh, I, I don't understand the process that's going on here, but I believe this should be in a committee, subcommittee, not the committee of the whole. We're, we're doing so many processes against Robert Rules of Order that it's just, it's just absurd of what's going on. Uh, we're taking address, we're not taking addresses for people that are calling in. We're doing this on a Zoom meeting. Uh, people can't come in to talk. I just wanna know what is going on? Why are we not in, in chambers discussing this? And prior to that, it should be in a subcommittee meeting to discuss, get the processes down, bring it back to a committee as a whole, let them vote on what they can see, what they can review, after weeks of looking at it, or days of looking at it, as opposed to looking at it for 15, 20 minutes on a screen and deciding upon it. This is flawed. This should be tabled, put to a committee, subcommittee meeting, then brought back to a committee of the whole, voted upon, then brought to the full committee at some point in time later in the, in the year. I don't understand what we're doing here. We're against every process that we've put forth in the city from time and material going forward. I don't know why you're allowing it. My address is 871 Fellsway in Medford, and I haven't heard the last few people coming up since the beginning giving their addresses at all. They could be calling in from California, Florida, or Cambridge, or other cities around the city. We have not identified themselves, or they haven't identified themselves. Can you answer any of those questions? And going back to what was asked before, if we don't know the cost, we don't know what's going on, how can we decide tonight? Or what we're do to what we're going to do to go forward? These are all questions that need to be answered prior My to taking. Fifteen vote. seconds. And again, we don't have the answers. I would suggest someone to step up and table this. If you have to step down and let your vice chair step up, you put the motion forward, or let someone else put the motion forward to do this correctly and thank you, Mike. Intelligent. Um, thank you, Mike. Point of privilege, Mayor. Point of privilege, Member McLaughlin. Thank you, Mayor. I just want um, to let the community know that part of the role of the advisory committee, I believe, will be um, researching the cost or we can include it in the document. So I don't want people to think that, you know, we won't be aware of what the cost is as we're moving this forward. And again, um, I just want to state that um, the motion to rename the school was approved some time ago and we have been working on this for approximately a year. Um, so this is not the first time that we've been thinking about this document or looking at this document. And um, this is not the first time we've had this long um, school committee meeting. And uh, it's not the first time we've heard from a number of people that are here, both uh, publicly, privately, phone calls, emails, letters. Um, so just so folks know, we have been listening uh, for quite some time and um, we will be, cert be certain to know what the cost is and to make that public as part of our advisory committee. Thank you. Thank you, Member Russo. And then I see two people with their Thank three you, people with their hands up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the three people with their hands up next. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I I just um, don't want to get into a back and forth, but um, the the policy of the Medford School Committee for at least the last thirty years has mandated this process, and it has not happened for thirty years. 
That is not a reflection of following our procedures. Um, the fact that we have policies and procedures that are ignored by some folks is within their option. As a committee, we can sort of ignore our policies, but we also um, should follow them in my opinion when they're literally in black and white. And this policy is in black and white. And this lays out exactly that we as a committee design the advisory committee with graphic detail, frankly, uh, what we should be doing. So I do recognize that we have not done this as a community, perhaps for at least 30 years. Um, and I look forward to this becoming a regular thing for advisory committees. We have, a, we have to have a hunger, um, making Medford a hunger-free community advisory committee. We passed the motion to do that. So we will be going through all of this again. We also have um, a, um, another advisory committee for the vision committee for the high school. So those are both going to follow this same format as is the policy of the school committee as passed at least 25, 30 years ago. Um, I'm not making this process up and nobody else here is either. Thank you. We have Sh Sharon and then Lee. Sharon, you gotta wait till we unmute you, please. It doesn't do it. It takes some time for me for some reason. Oh, geez, where'd you go? Dr. Cushing, could you, you maybe try, I'm not able to unmute her. Yes, um, Sharon, as we click ask to unmute, a symbol should come, there you go. Okay, is that better? Yeah, it was on my end too, sorry. Um, I'll just take about a minute of your time because we hear about all kinds of odd things during these uh, these months um, um, in, in this country and, and around the world. Um, I have one comment about the, ho the whole thing, about anyone who really started this movement on Columbus School. It isn't just about being Italian and taking it away from the Italian community. Um, it's like a witch hunt. Um, I, I'm thinking with some of the Confederate plaques that were taken down, um, some of the review of different cities, what a name change, et cetera. That somebody must have said, oh, we better start looking at Metro. What can we change here? You know, we do, as a couple of um, commentators said, have very important vigilant moves to make during this, co this COVID. No one really wants to be in a big, big hot seat. However, it goes beyond just Italian in, in Columbus. Let's take an example. How many people have been to Rome, you know, to Italy and, and went to visit the Colosseum? Being a history humanities minor in college, and I also did teach in Metro for a while, I had tears in my eyes when I went there because of the architecture in the history, and I could just imagine the cheers and whatnot. Um, I didn't leave there that day and go under the huge triumph arch of Marcus Aurelius and say, we better get after these Romans. You know, pagans lived here one time and we need to tear the Colosseum down. Is that what you want to do next? Because what's next? You're just going to stop this now? Because buyer beware. There may be people who are so upset about this, not because it's Italian or anti-Italian or anything else. You need to do better constructive, not destructive things with your elected time. And I know some of your intentions were, were, were on a side. We don't have, I haven't seen all the history documents yet, so I can't give a full opinion of that. But you really need to look at that. Aaron, you have 15 seconds. Thank you. So please, please examine this closely. I am not for change of that name. I think he was a famous navigator. We would not be having this conversation if it weren't for him going through uncharted waters. Thank you very much and good evening.
you. Deanna, and then we're going to go to Grace. Are we all set? Yes. Hi. I just have a comment um, and a question. Why are you trying to erase history? And maybe you want to go into your comment? Well, technically, that's my comment. Why are you trying to erase history? Why is the school committee trying to erase history? I think that's one of many, many arguments. And there's arguments on both sides. So I'm not sure if anybody's going to answer it specifically. The, oh. <laughs> That's a question to the school committee. Um, Member Vandekloot? Yes. Um, so in my mind, we're not erasing history. We're changing uh, a name to what might be a more appropriate name in this day and age. Um, Columbus will still be taught. Like you said, he was a famous navigator. Um, there's much history there. Uh, it's to appre be appreciated in its uh, totality. Um, it is part of the Massachusetts strands of education. I think it's both fourth and then uh, again in middle school uh, where students discuss Columbus. So it's not in any way a shape to remove Columbus from the curriculum or not to teach it. It is a question of saying, um, does who do, what name do we want to put on this building that um, will embrace uh, and bring our community together. Uh, unfortunately, Columbus is very divisive, as you can see in this discussion. Oh, well, I don't agree with it because if you're still gonna teach about Columbus, you're gonna teach about this. So why take a name off a building that's been there for umpteen years? Lee, I'm gonna come to you. I forgot, sorry. Am I, am I on? Yes, Lee. Okay. Um, I have to say, um, thank you, Madam Mayor. And listening to, I've come in and I have to, to say my ignorance to a point of, of listening to all, to everybody. But um, I have to say for one thing, I'm in shock and totally disappointed in the school committee, when this woman asked a question um, in regards to um, the Christopher Columbus and that, and nobody wanted to step forward, but yet why? I don't, I don't understand. Our city is full of history, good history, bad history. So you're starting with the Columbus school because somebody got that in there in their brain that that had to be changed. Well, we could go through the whole city and change every street. Let's go to the Royal House and ban that from going in. That, that's slavery. There's so much history in the, the Christopher Columbus is history to the people who live and have grown up in Medford. I'm not Italian, but this means a lot to me. This means a lot. This is how it has been. 
I would really like to know, and my main reason was asking, whose idea was this to, to do this? And again, like many of our people, many people in the city have been blindsided with it. Um, Ms. McLaughlin said this has been going on a year. Well, that's fine, but it hasn't been going out to the public in a year. And the, what is the big rush? With Mike saying things need to be done correctly. You have 15 seconds. Okay. That's all. That it, Those are my thoughts from uh, just uh, someone who lives in Medford her whole life. Thank you, Lee. This was Thank proposed. You, yeah, this was proposed in June and was on a school committee meeting. Um, why? By who? Like why? It was a. I don't. Just a, Nobody wants to give like a straight answer. To be honest, Madam Mayor, nobody can say. Like the person who brought this to, and their reasoning why. Everything's you know. Go ahead, Member McLaughlin. Member Stone? Sure, um, Mayor. I will share that um, myself. I, I was one of the people who uh, signed the motion, the original motion, to move this forward um, for all of the reasons that have been discussed here tonight. Um, and uh, I am sorry that um, the individual that is speaking feels like this hasn't been discussed. It has been discussed and shared and shared out. It's been on the television. It's been in the newspaper. It's been in social media. It has been, you know, any number of places, but I, with a few of uh, our colleagues, put this uh, motion forward um, almost a year ago. Thank you. Member Stone. Yes, I also signed on to the resolution with Member Rousseau and Ms. Member McLaughlin. Um, and I want to say the reason why we proposed it is because as we've learned of Columbus's legacy in recent times with more research and history, we realize that is not someone that we would like to hold up in a standard for our children. Most people know I have six children, four in Medford Public Schools. He is not someone that I want my children to think that's who we want to represent a, a school in the city of Medford. We've heard a lot of conversation on both sides tonight. Um, I've had personal conversation with a number of people. I have thought about it thoroughly. Um, and I know that there are many um, other opportunities to name a school and that we're not erasing history. It's that he is not someone that represents what I want to teach my children of what, what we, I, I agree that he was a navigator, but other than that, there's nothing that I want to encourage my children to say this is someone that we admire and someone that I want you to look up to. So I think that's how I agreed with my family discussing it that I signed on with Mr. Rousseau and Ms. McLaughlin. Thank you. Thank you, Member Stone. Grace? Hi, um, I uh, just have a couple of things to say and I first wanna say thank you all for doing this um, and moving with this name change. Um, it goes on with the overall goal of our community to be more equitable. And as someone whose father is from the Bahamas where Columbus actually landed um, and then he 
because of him decimated the entire native population. Um, I, you know, his history is important, but he didn't discover this land. There was already people here with rich culture and traditions and religion. And it's also important to note um, about that. And then I do have a question with the overall process that you guys are doing. Um, is there any plan or a plan in your current plans to run any of the new names by the school's racial equity task force? Thank you, Grace. Um, we're still going through the process so we can take that into account. Absolutely. Paul, I'm going to people that have not spoken yet at all, and then I will. Good evening, Mayor. Hi, can you hear me? How yes, Paul. Good evening, Madam Mayor and uh, members of the school committee. I just have a question and a comment. Uh, my question is, and you're probably going to cover this. I'm sorry if I'm cutting you guys off, but the name change, is it going to be uh, reserved for somebody who was a resident of the city or had an impact directly on the city of Medford? Uh, is that one of the qualifications? And if so, I, I hope it is. And my comment would be, um, I know this is gonna, there's going to be a lot of discussion on this, but I think one of the names that should be considered would be Crystal Campbell. I don't know if she went to the Columbus. I tried to reach out to her cousin to find out before I got put on here, but I think that'd be a, a really nice gesture. I think that'd be, and I think someone like that who, you know, lived in the city um, or went to the school or had a, a serious impact on the city should be someone that the school gets named after if that's the route that, it seems like that's the route that it's going to go. So that's all. Have a good evening. Thank you, Paul. Um, Member Vanderpool, I'm looking at your yours. I thought yours had that it would be that this preference to um, naming it after somebody from Medford, but I'm just can't locate that line. Member Rousseau had that. Okay, th there is language, Paul, and all that that we're going to debate on this being named after um, somebody from Medford. So we wouldn't get to that section yet, but we, but we will. So thank you. Jennifer Kerwood, I don't believe you spoke yet. Hi, thank you. Jennifer Kerwood, 43 Willis Ave. I apologize for not having my video on this evening, but um, considering some of the comments I've heard tonight, um, I think that perhaps the advisory committee should have um, alternates or just a larger number than 10, simply because there will likely be people who join in order just to simply disrupt the process. Um, and if we could possibly put something in there so that once people are on the committee, there is a means of replacing them, should that be, yeah, I don't know, I just think it's likely. And I think it should be something that we consider that, um, or perhaps even just more than 10 people, a larger number. So that way, if there is someone who is disruptive, it doesn't have as much of an impact with such a small number. That's all. And thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. One um, speaks about 21 people One, I think 15. So we are, we didn't get to that yet. Member McLaughlin. And we'll discuss alternates. Thank Member you, McLaughlin. 
I'd like to make a motion. I, I want to hear from everyone that wants to speak tonight. And I'd like to make a motion that we move um, public comment till after we go through the document. Um, so that because a lot of the questions are really relevant to the document, and we haven't gotten the opportunity to go through it. So if we could move um, public comment till the end of the document so that people can actually see the entirety of the document, I think that would be really helpful. I'm wondering if I might get a second. M Member Vandekloot? I I think that's problematical, um, Melanie, um, because so many people have already felt that they haven't had the opportunity to speak to now say that th this may take us another three hours to work through the whole document. So I think the way the mayor has been feeding them in, um, as time consuming as it is and how sometimes, you know, questions are being um, asked uh, that we will answer, um, I think we just have to be short and say, we'll, we'll get to that. But I, but I, I think you might... Um, make a tough situation even more difficult if you shut down any ability to talk while we're, while the meeting is proceeding. Point of clarification, I'm not interested in shutting down. I know you're not, but I think that would be um, up how, how some people might perceive it, Melanie. And I know you're always open to hearing from our. Thank you. Member Graham. Um, can I make a suggestion that we complete a round of public comment. We then close public comment so that we can actually work through this document with the comments of the public in mind. And then um, we can open for a brief, maybe shorter timeline public comment when the document is completed so that we can hear from everybody. We can use that information to react and complete the work of this meeting. And then, um, we can take public comment again. I like that. But this is disrupt this this back and forth. We're not we're not making our way through this document in a productive way. So um, I'd like to see us try to be more productive as we get through this document. Is that an amendment to the motion? If you would like it to be. Yes, please. Then you have a second. Can you please explain that? I I think it, the document needs to be screen shared so we can see where we're at and continue to plug through. I did uh, mention, yeah. So the motion is to take a round of public comment starting now. Three, everybody gets three minutes. Two minutes. And then we close public comment and we work through the document. When we are done, we can take another round of public comment, but we will not take public comment um, during the working through of the language. We, we are not making forward progress. Yep, as long as we don't vote on the language in its entirety before the second round, I think that's fine. That's fine. Okay, motion on the floor by member McLaughlin, amended by member Graham, seconded by member Graham, roll call. Uh, member Graham. Yes. Member Kretz. No. Member McLaughlin, yes. Member Mastone. Yes. Member Rousseau. Yes. Member Vandekloot. Yes. Member uh, Malongo Kern. Yes, six in the affirmative, one in the negative. So right now public comment is open. I'm gonna go through um, Mr. Carboni. Um, so just on the issue that's currently before us, um, I agree with um, 
uh, council person, Gnanda Kluton council person, uh, Kretz, insofar as um, the committee that is being formed should have access to all the names and have the ability to go through all the names. And the reason for that is I trust my neighbors to make the best decisions possible. That's the whole reason we're having public comment. That's the whole reason why we have these discussions is because our neighbors are going to be the ones together that can make the best decision. I believe whether they submit four names or 4,000 names, the people we put on that committee will be in the best position to actually do what's to choose the best name, not as sort of a, a rubber stamp to the acceptable ones that our betters give to us, but instead that the people on the committee um, would make the best decision. I support expanding the committee to be slightly larger. Um, I think it's a bad idea to cut a couple of the comments that they have. Um, and um, otherwise, uh, I, I, I support uh, the, the continued work of everyone here to try to um, get through this project, uh, warts and all, no matter how difficult it might be on any of us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Henry. Okay, so if I'm understanding if I'm understanding this the correct way, if I'm understanding this the correct way, you're gonna take a round of questions now. You're gonna go and work on the document, and then once it's done and you're all finished, you're gonna come back to take more questions from the uh, community. So we're after eight o'clock now. So we're going to expect you to come back at 10, 11 o'clock. That's one. Second of all is the fact that, you know, everybody keeps on saying everybody's been heard. I think everybody forgets the fact that if everybody had been heard in June, you would have had your 600 signatures against the, and I don't want to say against, but versus the 300 signatures. So I guess my question again, isn't this a mute conversation because everybody keeps on saying that everybody's been heard and these questions and concerns from the community started when we finally did hear about what was going on and, and again it's just frustrating because I've asked questions there have been other people tonight that have asked questions and out of respect it would be nice if we got some type of answer because you still don't know you don't know any of this you know, and as far as the comment on process and policy, as a former school committee member, we had many processes and policies. We just didn't throw this up and say in one night, we're going to do this. Whether people, you know, agree or disagree with me. I just think that the process, again, you're going to have people against and for this. But this is a community. Community has been speaking. And it seems like tonight that people are asking questions. Yeah, Maria, there still has seconds. not been one person who has stood up and answered any of them or addressed any of them. But on June 30th, or whatever the day was, those answers to those questions were all answered. As a school committee, you're supposed to be representing the community. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Thank you. I, I can just comment to that. Most of the questions that are coming in relate to answers that we haven't even got to yet. The amount of people on the committee, how we're going to submit um, applications, how we're going to, who's going to look at them, are we going to look at them, and then give five to the committee. We we just want to get through that a little bit so that we can answer those questions. We don't know how much exactly this is going to cost. I believe the main amount is going to be 
for us for signage. We, we, we are trying to answer the questions as best we can um, and, and just get through the documents so people know what they want to comment on after, whether they're for or against something, and we can make those changes as needed. Amy and Mary. Hi, Amy Esperanto, 47 Westville Road. Sorry, I didn't say my address last time. Um, I just wanted to respond to the person who said that um, changing, taking the Columbus name off the school is erasing history. Once upon a time as a culture, our history was painted on cave walls. And if it wasn't on a cave wall, it wasn't history. And then we developed oral history and writing and other means of preserving our culture and history. History isn't total, entirely based on what things are named or what things are called. Uh, I'm sure most of us learned about World War II in our somewhere in our middle school, high school, college experience. Um, but there's no Mussolini Elementary School in Italy, and there's no Hitler Elementary School in Germany. And it's not because people there want to forget history. It's because they make careful decisions about who they elevate and who they honor with naming, having a school named after you is an honor and a privilege. It's not bland history. If it were just history, we could call it anything. We could call it the War of 1812 Elementary School, if that's what it was about. Um, but naming things is about imbuing them with a significance and an honor and a privilege. And if you're really invested in honoring and elevating a murderer, rapist, thief, genocide, genocide, commit someone who committed genocide. I really want you to think about what your what that means. What is your culture? If that's if that's your culture, what's your culture? Because the Italians I know, that's not their culture. The Italians I know, they they honor you know Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, Enrico Fermi, Galileo, all sorts of people who made notable and valuable contributions to the evolution of humanity as a species, who brought us up and not down. And I would really encourage people to think about like, if you want to honor honor a culture. Sorry, you have fifteen seconds. What what about it do you want to honor? That's it. Thank you, Nadine. Thank you again. Um, I just, I want to reiterate what Deanne had said. I was actually going to ask the same question. Why is it okay to still teach about Columbus, but we can't have the name on the school? I, I guess none of that makes any sense to me whatsoever. I think that there's a crowd of people that were pretty, pretty proud to be at that school. I did mention earlier that I, all my ethnicities, so I'm a proud Italian. I, I don't, spend so much time worrying about Columbus, neither did my children, the name, because they were doing other things, more important things. Not looking at the name and saying, my gosh, why do you send us here, mom? This is atrocious. That's, that's not how we roll. So I guess I can't understand why it's such a big to do. But again, if it's okay to teach Columbus history, then it's okay to keep the name on the school. And this meeting shouldn't be happening because it's, it's, it's a clear, clear um, agenda, you know, from a few people and there's people for that change, but many more against. And our, verse, our voices deserve to be heard. And we're gonna keep speaking no matter how long this takes tonight because it's our right. So I just, I don't understand that that makes no sense. If someone wants to tell me how we can still teach it, but take it off the name of the school, then something's wrong. I don't know if anybody has an answer. Member Russo. 
Yes, I, I think I, you know, at this point, I guess it's time for me to answer some of these questions. We teach about the Holocaust. We don't name shit after it. Excuse my language. Um, and you know what? It's really hard to come up with a curriculum for third grade girls to explain how they were sold into sex slavery. That's not a real curriculum I would send my kids to Columbus Elementary School if that was what we were teaching them. And that is what we would have to teach them if we taught them the truth. We're not teaching them this because there is no valid way to teach little kids the kind of truth that is involved. When we teach kids about the Holocaust in our education system, I don't think we actually teach our first graders about the ovens. I'm hoping that that's not what's happening in our first grade classrooms, but we do teach it. And we also don't name anything after those people. Okay, so that's that. And then, you know, I keep being accused of being the person that led all of these women on the committee to slaughter. It's so obviously sexism, it's beyond comprehension. Each one of these people voted their own way. They have the exact same capacity to decide and vote just like I do. And so I appreciate that I've led them all to slaughter, but it's just an obscene level of sexism that is so disgusting, frankly. It is disgusting. Member Graham, Member Vanderkloot, every single one of these members made a decision to vote the way they did based on what they had heard from the community and what they had read and thought. So Ms. Coppola is shaking her head crazy like, yeah, no, they didn't. You're right. I have some blackmail on each one of them, and that's why they voted. Or better yet, they don't have minds of their own because this is the 14th century, and these are women who do whatever I tell them. You know what? I didn't tell any of them how to vote, and I would not tell them how to vote because I respect them as independent people that can decide this themselves. So I was one of three people that put this forward. I'm more than happy to keep taking all the crap for it because why share it, frankly? Um, but the fact is that they decided this, a majority. I am one member with zero authority by law. Not one person here, not even the mayor in her role as chair has any authority, none. We only have authority when four of us vote for something. So I get it. You don't know the law about school committee and what our authority is and isn't. And I understand that it's ridiculously complicated. Uh, but, um, you know, some of this stuff is just so ridiculous. Um, and, and I just feel like at this point, you've worn me down. So now I'm going to answer your questions. Ms. ready. I look forward to your Facebook posts. Tony. May our point of privilege? Point of privilege, member McLaughlin. Yes, thank you. Um, I just have to say that I'm sure that everyone is, um, you know, feeling really riled up now and a lot of energy around this. And I am, you know, I personally want to apologize to our BIPOC community that has been on this call for all of this time. I think that this is really um, hurtful and, um, and embarrassing, um, frankly. And, um, you know, I, I do feel that I am uh, voting my values here. And for people that know me, I think you know what my values are. Um, what I learned about Columbus was, you know, um, akin to uh, uh, pedophilia. Um, in my opinion, there were rapists of, you know, rapes of children and what have you. And people say it's 15th century compared to 21st century. And I don't think that was ever vogue. I don't think cutting people's hands off was ever vogue. I mean, 
these are the things that I've learned. And in good conscience, I, I felt that, and also, and most importantly, listening to people who have gone to the school and who feel really um, disenfranchised and left out and upset about someone who enslaved people being named on one of the buildings in our school. And, and that's where I'm at. And, and that's why I uh, agreed to put this motion forward because I think it is a reflection of, of my values. Um, and thank you. Tony. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Tony Pucci, 11 James Street. Um, so I, I hate to be the one to follow up Committeeman Rousseau's post because I'm going to wait and be the one who has to comment on it, but that's who we have in our school committee. Thank you for showing your character yet once again. Um, so I don't want to attack him, and I don't want to uh, sit here and spend the rest of the night defending Columbus, but the same people who are saying Columbus spread disease and all that on America are the ones stating that he never set foot on the soil of America. I just want to clarify that as well. There's other books out there that you can read, everyone. Um, you don't have to be the one that follows just your narrative, okay, because there are other historians that promote other uh, views. Anyways, um, what I really wanted to get into was Mia Mastone, uh, committee person Mia and committee person Kretz both started the meeting off with important points and those were never addressed and we're moving along to Mr. Cuno's point, which was what's going on here? Um, this, this city has basically lost faith in you. You have divided us, dear school committee, okay? So we don't trust you when you're gonna get involved and start making this, um, this committee to rename. We don't, we don't want you guys do, involved in that because we don't trust you anymore now. You have lost that. We don't have faith in you anymore. Do you understand this? You keep saying you're listening. You're listening, but you're not hearing us. You're really not understanding what we're trying to say here. Okay, you're listening, but really listen and understand and act upon what we're saying here. There's a lot of people that have a lot to say about this, and you guys just want to push this through and ignore everyone, and that's how we all feel right now. We all feel ignored. Like, this is just something you're going to do whether we like it or not. That's how we feel right now, and it's agitating and aggravating. Maybe even on both sides of the agenda. It's it's not cool. Um, real quick. Paulette, again, thank you, um, committee person. Manitou. Sorry, Tony, 15 seconds. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, you stated that you had a problem with this 20 years ago when it was brought up. Why are, you, why are you making it an issue now? You had 20 years to deal with this, but now all of a sudden, well, we'll just throw it in there because everyone else, everyone else is on board. Um, there's so many bad things going on about thank this. Thank you, Tony. Table this. Push this. Not tonight. Eric. Eric, are you there? Yes, hi. <laughs> Sorry, I did get out of an unstable internet connection. Um, mostly, I just want to say I applaud the school committee um, for the action they are taking. It's something that is, from my understanding, something that has been building up for a while. It's just one of those things. It started off, you know, regardless of who brought it up in a school committee meeting first, a germ of an idea to rid the school of this horrible man's name um, 
started a long time ago and has slowly, slowly, slowly been building up momentum until finally, earlier this year, or earlier last year, it finally got to the point where, okay, this makes sense, and more people are on board and are for it and for moving forward. Um, I also just recently learned the history of the name of the Andrews School and how the person who the Andrews Middle School was named after was deeply involved in the Medford community, was a person of color. And once I learned that, it really made sense to me. That is the type of person you want to name a school after. So in, as we go through this process, I think it would be excellent if, you know, there's more examples out there. I'm sure there's plenty of other people deeply involved in the Medford community. Maybe they're a person of color, maybe they're not. Um, but who are really shining examples of who this and what this community can be and who deserve to have a school named after them and not someone who has absolutely no connection to Medford at all. Christopher Columbus never came to Medford. Um, so, you know, I'm happy to see this process moving forward uh, as a person who is raising biracial kids and who is married to a person of color. So um, move forward. Uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you. Diane? Unmute, thank you. I'm, I'm unmuted now. My name is Diane Abramson, Diane Galino Abramson. I grew up in South Medford. I was an educator in the Medford public school system for 35 years. I was honored by, by the Anti-Defamation League on many occasions. I rewrote the curriculum for multicultural education in the city of Medford. What I am hearing tonight is beyond comprehension. We have come to a point in the Medford School Committee where the issue of education seems to be a secondary education, a secondary issue in comparison to the rabble rousing that is going on now over the name of the Columbus School. I grew up around the corner from the Columbus School. I am a proud Italian American. My family lived in Medford and continues to live in the city of Medford. I do not know who the new people are on the school committee. But I can tell you one thing, how upset and how horrible this is. We are not a revisionist history community. We are pulling things out of our hats in a way to, to denigrate the memory or denigrate the school and denigrate the Italian American population by saying, Columbus is this, Columbus is that, and here's the history, and I vote my conscience, and using all kinds of language, which is totally, unequivocally inappropriate from a school committee member. I'm talking to you, Mr. Rousseau. I'm talking to you, because I find your behavior reprehensible. And I just simply cannot understand what is going on in the city of Medford? What is happening to the common sense of the school? Sorry, Ms. Abramson, you have 15 more seconds. And that's absolutely fine. I rest my case, but you can be sure that everyone on the school committee and Madam Mayor, you will be receiving a rather lengthy treatise from me about my opinions about this whole nonsensical situation that is killing time that should be devoted to, uh, to addressing Thank the needs you, of the children. Done.
Rachel? Um, me, Rachel Rockenmacher. Um, yeah, um, I'm a parent in Medford. I live in South Medford, a couple blocks from the Columbus School. My child went to the Columbus grades K through 12. I've been here for decades. Um, not that that should matter. And I was a very active member of the PTO throughout all my child's time there and was an officer as well in the PTO and certainly did my dues on that hall of 12 hour shifts on the um, bake sale on election day, et cetera. Um, I wanna applaud the school committee for taking on this important issue. And I wanna say that when my child was an elementary school student, I know there were other children too, who did take issue with the name Columbus being used for their school and refused to buy school t-shirts and stuff because they didn't wanna applaud that person. I think it's important not to honor people who don't deserve to be honored. It does nothing against Italians or Italian Americans. There are plenty, and like other people have said, there are plenty of other Italian-Americans or Italians to honor with the name of the school. There's, there are many other options. And um, I really hope that people can see that and not, and realize that not everyone agrees with, sometimes pe people who oppose this change have been saying, oh, everybody who lives here opposes this and that's absolutely not true. I live here and I support it heartily and I'm horrified at the kind of vitriol that's coming at our school committee members um, by the people who oppose it. And I hope we can re-engage in some more civil discourse. Thank you. Thank you. Eliza? Hi, um, I'm a South Medford resident. I actually vote at the Columbus School um, and an educator, though not in Medford. Um, and I think people seem to be really confused about what this meeting is for. So I thought maybe I was confused and I'd like to clarify if this is about stopping the renaming of the school or is it about focusing our efforts on to best representing the community in the renaming that's already been decided upon? Can somebody field that question for me? This is the policy to, on how to rename. Okay, so what we're trying to figure out is how to do it, who's gonna be involved in it and how we can move forward. Is that accurate? Correct. Okay. Um, the comments that I've been hearing seem to confused me that maybe I came to the wrong meeting. So thank you for clarifying and um, thank you for all of your hard work. I think that this is an important issue and I'm glad that we're doing this. Have a good evening. You too, thank you. Nadia? Hi, I'm Nadia Pirofori, um, a, a longtime resident of Medford. Thank you, Madam Mayor and school committee members. I just had um, just a couple of comments. I just, I feel like honestly, no matter what I'm going to say is, is really not going to change anyone's mind. And I feel that almost with any issue, unfortunately, with the school committee, and I've never felt that way raising all eight of my children in Medford. I'm a um, nurse at hospital in Medford. Um, I'm involved with PTG. And I just, since this happened, I don't even know when it was, June, I guess, I just feel such a distrust towards 
all the members except for Miss um, Kretz. Um, but otherwise, I feel, you know, I, I am against the, the name change. Um, I'm a proud Italian-American. My parents came from Italy, and Columbus does mean a lot to my family, you know, growing up. And um, I just feel the way it was done was just very sneaky. I wish that the community was involved, and I felt we weren't. I felt it was hidden that the name change was done in a sneaky way. And now I'm concerned with the new, um, you know, decision for the name change. I don't think we'll really be involved. I think the school committee will just make the name change on their own without any community involvement, or at least um, the part of Medford that wants the Columbus name removed. I don't think they'll listen to the members who don't want it changed. I just feel hurt. And, um, doesn't seem like the Medford that I, you know, grew up in. Thank you. Thank you, Nadia. Member Vandekloot? Yes, Nadia. Um, the question for me is, is, and I've said this all along, is there no one else um, that we could uh, um, honor uh, in, from the Italian uh, community that might in fact bring a great deal of pride? Um, I, I understand people have very different feelings about Columbus, but part of the issue is, is, is there any way to move forward? Um, we are saying we need to move forward. Um, we understand, and I think a lot of this meeting is because we, we want everybody to speak, but again, part of the, the, the need at some point is to say, is there anybody else? Who else? And, and we're trying to say, um, if you want a voice in this, apply to the advisory committee. We're working out the nuts and bolts um, so that, and certainly all the work I did on the resolution was to make sure that no one person could slant the committee in such a way that a final name was predetermined. Um, so that's just a, you know, that's part of what I was looking at is to make sure the process was clean. I understand you don't like the back process. I understand that it's painful. I hear it, but going forward, how can we make sure that we are doing the best job? And I encourage you to please apply for the committee. Yes. I, I just think if it was, um, you know, from the beginning, if it was done differently, I would, um, it's not even mostly about the name. It's just the way it was done. You know, if it was, if, if the community could have been fully involved in the decision, I just suddenly heard it, I think on social media and I was like, what is going on? And then I just feel like this is one thing. And then what's going to be next? Let's change the Brooks school. Could my church suddenly the name get changed? I just feel like this is what's happening throughout the country. And is this like a trend that's going on? And suddenly I'm here and my kids are learning about white privilege at school or black lives matter. I'm, you know, I just, I don't know what direction Medford's going in, but it's definitely not the Medford, like I said, that I raised. I'm the youngest of nine that we grew up in here. There was never an issue. My husband's black. My kids are half black American, half Native American. I just, I've never seen race as an issue in Medford. And suddenly there's just more problems and I, I, we should be focusing on education and kids' mental health. They should be back in school. That should be the focus. There should be more, we should be having our community more pulled together. I don't even see anyone. My children don't see anyone. 
That should be the focus, not on the Columbus school change name right now. We should be focusing on, I've been in contact with Marie Cassidy numerous times at the Medford Network because I feel like I don't see any other parents. My children don't see any other children. And I'm concerned for their mental health. Not about the Columbus school. We shouldn't be wasting all this time on this right now. Or the money on that. It should be money for programs for our children to be connected. Thank you. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you. Joanna? Am I unmuted? Yes. Hi. I just wanted to thank you all for voting to change the name. The time is now. And I feel bad. I feel bad for Nadia that she's hurt. I think that the other, the people that oppose the change, well, the change is done. The people that oppose it should have a big say in the renaming. There's plenty of heroes to name the school after. Columbus was not a hero. I'm Italian-American, Mi'kmaq, which is Native American, Irish. I mean, I'm a hodgepodge. But that's not, that's not even important. What's important is at the beginning of the meeting, you said there would be no you know, there'd be some decorum. And I, I think that the people that have shown a little disrespect, not a little, but they shouldn't be attacking you. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for changing the name. Thank you. Thank you. Hendrix. Hi, uh, Hendrick Gideons uh, in North Medford. Uh, thank you, Madam Mayor. Um, I, I moved to Medford, uh, in 1990 and when I got here, it was really quite unfriendly and I didn't feel welcome. And I, I understand that many other people that are newcomers, like I am only being here 30 years, we have felt like we, our opinion wasn't valued. And what is happening now is that Medford is changing because people are moving here. The population is changing, the values are changing. And to me, this is very much like making a mistake around people that come to visit you at your house. If you have somebody come over to your house, and you say, well, my boss gypped me out of this. And it turns out that they're Roma and that they're offended by that. And they say, do you know where that comes from? That comes from the expression gyp is from gypsy. And that hurt my feelings because it made me feel like you were pointing the finger at me. And then when you do something like that, you say, I'm really sorry that I hurt your feelings and I'm not going to do it again, and what can I do to make it right? And what I'm hearing from the people that say how Medford is changing and they don't want to change, to me, this is about being polite. If you find out that something hurts people- And Rick, you have 15 seconds. Thank you. You change what you're doing so you stop hurting people. That's what good people do. And if you find out that 
calling a school the Columbus hurts people, you change it. That's what cities are supposed to do. They're supposed to respond and act the way that moral uh, morality dictates, which is to stop hurting people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to go to people who haven't spoke yet. Erica? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, my name is Erica Hunt. I live on Fulton Street and I'm a proud Italian American and mother of three biracial children in Metro Public Schools. The pushback to this foregone conclusion only highlights the need for massive change for racial justice in our schools and community. People saying they are not being listened to are repeating the same racial tropes heard over and over in any situation of progress or change in the city. I don't tie my worth as an American to Christopher Columbus and actually it perpetuates the hidden caste system in America. I am completely in agreement with the change of the name of the Columbus school and that's all I have to say. Mayor. Thank you, Erica. Member Vandekloot? Yes, I just wanted to mention that Ron Giovino um, has had his hand up for a long time, but he doesn't have one of the regular little hands. So just to make sure he's on your list. Sure. He, um, Ron can go next. We haven't heard from Ron yet. Let me just unmute you, Ron. Thank you. I just have two points, procedural points. I, I'd love to see this get moved towards uh, a decent end here, but two points. At the beginning of this meeting three hours ago, uh, the, one of the rules was that everybody has to give their address. Uh, it was mentioned by Mr. Krugno a little while ago. Given the fact that there are so many organizations outside the city involved in this process, I think it's extremely important that people are mandated to give their address. Second point is the language that's been used. We were asked to be respectful. I know a lot of citizens haven't but not one committee person um, admonished their colleague when he used that language, language which in the 62 years I've lived in the city, I've never heard an elected official use. So I'll give him an opportunity to apologize for that. Not that it should come from me, it should have come from one of his colleagues, but uh, very, very disappointed. Thank you. Ron, what's your address? 326 East Porter Road, and I've lived in Medford since 1959. Thank, Thank you for asking. Thank you, Ron. Hey. Member Russo. I'm, happy to respond. I'm not sure if you don't watch a lot of uh, political activities in Medford, but I, I heard a, a lovely story about how the governor of Massachusetts used Medford's city council meetings as entertainment. Um, this is not a community where we are all polite in our political discourse, right on TV. And that is a history going back long before I was born. Um, we also just had a president for four years that thought words I would never utter in front of polite company was front page news every day. So I used the word crap a couple of times and um, I'm not going to apologize for it. It's, it was, if you think that that was offensive language that you've never heard from a politician, then uh, you haven't listened to a lot of city council meetings because I have heard it many times much worse. So thank you for the admonishment and I don't apologize. Please, if we could just work through comments, if everybody could choose kindness and just be respectable. I 
please, please, let's get through this. Jessica? Good evening, Madam Mayor and committee members. Um, I did not plan to talk this evening um, because I knew it was going to be this three or four hour long situation where most of the people supporting OR and Mr. Mr. Camo um, would be, um, you know, battling back and forth and overtaking those of us that are, no. Point of personal privilege, member Russo. Okay, who's speaking, but I'd like to know their maiden name. Jessica, your name and address. I'll give you my address. 622 Boston. I'd like to know your maiden name, Mayor. If my maiden name is considered um, appropriate, then I would like to know this person's maiden name as well. Well, if you want to know, well, my you can't ask name, for the maiden name. You can't. You can ask for name and address. Okay. But she's using my maiden name. I have been Rousseau for fifteen years. I don't understand the disrespect, but it's a it, it's an unacceptable level of disrespect. I, I expect that she will either use my correct name or she will be asked to not speak. If we could address Mr. Rousseau as Mr. Rousseau, you name and address for the re record, and then you have two minutes. That you rest of your two minutes, please. Jessica Ravicio, 622 Boston Ave. I'll be happy to give Mr. Rousseau whatever he thinks he deserves, but I really think he needs to put his felony records up so that we could all see who he actually is. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Have a good night. Privilege. Mayor, if anybody wants to directly address a member, I'm fairly certain that's again a violation of uh, Robert's rules, and I think they should be ejected from the meeting. Is there a second from a member? It, yes, everything needs to be addressed through the chair. Please, uh, through the chair. The meeting has, has, is no longer. Um, the, the, this is the committee of the whole, as I understand it, and the public actually does not have a right to participate and speak. They have a right to watch. That is the law. Um, and I, I think that if we can't maintain decorum, um, then I, I think we should consider ending all public participation. I'm not in favor of ending participation, but if we could just stop with the insults, we, we need to move on. We need to get through this and we want to hear from people. We just, if everybody could please be respectful. Mayor. Member Van de Kloot. Yes, I think people should also um, only have one last chance to, to, to talk. I think that we've allowed ample opportunity uh, for people to, um, you know, and many people have, have spoken several times and, um, so, you know, I, I, I think that we've been more than generous with time. If there's people who haven't spoken, they should get a chance to speak. Um, but, you know, we're getting tired and uh, the yeah, commentary is dissolving. I think we've heard from everybody that has their hand, hand raised. We can always take a motion. If we get through another paragraph or two, we can always take a motion to hear more public comment. Um, and not wait till the end. Let's just get through a pa another paragraph or two, at least, and we will hear more public participation. Um, so, Mayor, yes. So one of the questions is, I see Principal K here, and some some level of question was around um, the Columbus participation, um, and um, I I wondered if we should um, talk about that. Uh, Paul and I do have the Columbus participation in a different way. Um, 
you know, it is part of the bigger question of who's going to be in, on the advisory council, uh, membership on the advisory council. Um, perhaps, um, uh, you know, when you have multiple de devices and then they close on you. Um, oh, this one's Paul's, sorry. Um, anyway, would that be acceptable? So, Mayor, can I, can I talk about that for a minute? Yes, please do. Yes, thank okay. you. So I have a, first, I have a paragraph about participation by the Columbus School staff and students. And it's a separate paragraph. It says, in recognition that the staff and students of the Columbus School are dedicated to their school, the school committee requests the principal to create a representative group of staff to solicit input from their colleagues. Additionally, student input is highly desirable. And if it is feasible, student participation will be encouraged in any way the principal deems to be workable in this very short period of time. The goal of both staff and student input is to come up with three to five names to submit for consideration to the advisory committee. The names will be submitted by April 26th. So we're saying to um, the uh, uh, principal, there's only four weeks. We had originally envisioned a much greater, longer period where we were gonna get student education and input. Um, therefore, in recognition of that, I'm saying, oh my gosh, you know, principal, I, I, I don't know what you're gonna be able to do. And I don't, I understand to me, it's not, um, this is one of the problems with a very tight timeline, I believe. It's not giving, um, uh, a great opportunity for student input. Furthermore, um, the principal of the Columbus or her designee, as well as two staff members selected by their peers, and then I have, or appointed by the principal. I didn't know which way to go. I wanted committee uh, input and I wanted the principal's input. Will be appointed as- If I may, before you finish, you, will you please screen, screen share that or- I don't know if Member Graham has that right in our document. Um, I can do that. I just, we're going to need to screen share. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would just ask that Member Vanderkloot describe her intent and then Member Rousseau do the same thing because we need to understand the intent so that we can then understand the details of the words. And we have not had an opportunity to talk about this as a group until now. So can we just start with overall intent Remember, on Columbus participation? The overall intent was that we originally said we wanted um, uh, some student participation and we were recognizing that the uh, Columbus family, if you would, including staff members, should have some role. Um, um, member Rousseau will speak to this, but he identified six members as being on the advisory council. I thought that was a lot to ask for six members. I'm suggesting that the school have an internal process, however way they want to do it, to collect names that they want to submit, hopefully with some student input, but I don't know if the time allows, honestly, um, and that uh, there would be three members from the Columbus community, that, and that is the staff, 
okay, that would serve on the advisory committee. And they would be elected either by their peers or appointed by the principal, depending on what we decided. So that was my thinking. And if I just may comment, yeah, if, to, if we put the principal and the two staff, that's going to depend a great deal on how large, for me, the committee is, whether it's 11 people, 15, 21. Um, right, but that so, was less than the six people that Member Rousseau suggested. Correct. Okay. Member Rousseau? Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Member Vandeclue, for summarizing yours. Um, I actually don't think they're actually that far apart. Um, um, uh, one of the reasons that mine is the way it is, is that later in the process, we were going to be reducing the number of names and that their names that they were suggest name or names that they were going to come forth with as a Columbus community would just automatically make it to the list. And if the list was four, then it was going to become six names long, for instance. Um, so I, I guess I actually confused since we've already decided that we're going to allow any and every name that comes forth to be in the pile. And all names will get the same amount of deliberation and consideration by the advisory committee. I mean, of course, they're going to go through the list. So then I guess I'm confused what um, I think that the Columbus doing the work to come up with a couple of names or however many names they want to is, is good work that, that I think would be great. Um, but at the end of the day, their names just get tossed on the pile on what will actually be a heap. Um, so I think if they want to do the work to come up with names and to provide a good defense of like, here's why we think this name should be the name. And, you know, I think that we may get a lot more at the starting point from the Columbus community because they won't have entered a couple of sentences on a submission form. They may have an actual like document or presentation on the names that they've come up with. Um, so that's still important and good work. Um, but the number of members from the Columbus staff that will be on the advisory committee I think um, I can go I, any which way you want. And I see Ms. K has her, Dr. Hay has her hand up. I, two, three, six, I honestly feel that because we've already decided if there are a thousand names that show up on our table, they're gonna go through them. I'm a big fan of more people, divide and conquer that work to get it so that they can get through it. Uh, uh, Mayor, um, can I just, one, one thing, Paul, I, I just don't know, um, and when Kathy can, um, Principal K can, can advise us on this. I just don't know with teachers being at the end of the school year and it's such a busy time. A part of it was I was trying to lessen the obligation, uh, even though I totally understand they may be fully invested or want to be invested. But this is part, you know, I, the, this is why I've said from the outset, oh my gosh, I've got a problem with the timeline. It's really tight. We're not being able to achieve some of our goals. So, um, you know, that's my concern. Mayor? Um, I can... Yes, Member Graham. Can we hear from Ms. Kay before I speak? Ms. Kay, yes. Okay. Should be able to press yes. the mute, yep. 
Hi, everybody. Good evening. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, I have first a question, and then I guess, um, depending on what the answer would be, uh, then a comment. Uh, if, if, in fact, as a school, we're going to work together to come up with some names, would that then negate the students from submitting any names individually, if I understood correctly, as part of the process laid out earlier this evening? That would not negate the students from doing an individual name with their, fam with their family's help. No, they could still submit a name. Okay, so that could make a very big difference as to how we would move forward if the students' names will be accounted for anyway. Are we doing work that maybe we don't need to do as a school because those names will come forward anyway? Um, and then the other comment would be, in that regard, given that we are coming back to school so soon and there's a lot of work to be done with that, having a smaller group of teachers to be on the advisory committee probably would be more palatable. And then therefore we would be part of the team that helps vet and decide on a name as opposed to coming together as a school and getting the school excited that, yay, we picked a name and now that name might not be the one that's chosen. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, um, Mayor. Member Van de Kloot and then Member Graham. For me, um, Principal Kay, um, what I really want to be is respectful to the time, uh, the limitations of time that you have. Uh, I wanted to make sure that there was some place where your school was represented. Uh, I, I personally understand completely that there may, you know, doing a, a big school project just doesn't necessarily make sense, um, unfortunately, right now. So if uh, if you thought that, you know, if it was making everybody aware that they could submit names from your school and making, you know, that maybe would be the, um, the what's really possible right at this point, um, making forms available, letting kids know, you know, whatever, um, that might be just, you know, what's real. Um, and if the, uh, do you think that, um, so originally I think it was that you and, um, you know, there were five members all together. Uh, I suspect strongly there'll be some interest so that you'll be able to um, have staff members who will want to participate. Am I correct? Uh, yes, I do think so. And, and originally, you know, in my head, kind of milling this around, more people was to try and have representation from like the upper um, elementary staff and the lower elementary staff so that they could be the representatives you know, for the special education group and, you know, um, the support services, the specialists. Uh, did you see those, though, as members of the advisory committee? Well, uh, that, that was my original thought. But I think now if we were to, you know, certainly educate the students as to, you know, why this is moving forward. And if they are interested in putting their names, we could then as a school help the children through that process. I think that would that would be something we should do uh, quite strongly for those kids who are interested, make sure that they are able to go through the process and fill out the application. Um, and then if we had less people on the advisory committee, at least as a school, we would be able to have those discussions if in fact myself and if, if it is me uh, and the two teachers who might be on that, if they could go back and talk to their constituents and be representative of that, then, then that to me seems like it would be a very fair process for the school input. 
Thank you, Kathy. Are you member Graham? Um, I, as I was sort of listening and trying to like reconcile all of these pieces around the Columbus schools participation, I was um, sort of thinking through a model where we would let Miss K um, move through a process within her building and put forward some number of, well, maybe we can just call them finalists for the moment to say that the Columbus school is going to um, work within their building and recommend some number of finalists, like call it four. And then that the larger advisory committee is in addition to those four going to add six more finalists. So perhaps part of the process is getting from the list of potentially thousands. If we're going down this road of passing everything off to the subcommittee, maybe their first step is to get to a culled list of finalists before they do their, the rest of their work where the, the finalist list can be published to the community. There can be some excitement about it. Um, but that uh, Miss K and the Columbus building could seed some number of finalist choices to that, to that sort of population. So that was something I was thinking about, I guess for me, um, knowing how busy the end of the year is, um, the school building and the calendar and the schedule sort of operates differently than what I expect the rest of the, the advisory committee to operate like. Um, and there may be more flexibility for Ms. K if we give her the latitude to operate in the confines of the school schedule, which is going to be completely different um, than how the advisory committee is going to operate. So um, I want to make sure that we are not um, losing the Columbus's participation due to like schedule issues, um, which I think is a real possibility if we just ask teachers to um, participate in the advisory committee, which is just going to operate on a completely different schedule than they're used than they operate on today. So I feel like it could be a prohibitive amount of time. If you're a teacher, you're going back to school, you're trying to get your vaccine, you're trying to get MCAS off the ground, you're trying to do the end of the year stuff, like to ask them also to meet five, six, seven, some number of times with an advisory committee that is largely going to be made up of people with, you know, jobs elsewhere who aren't going to be able to meet at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's going to be nights and weekends. Um, they're just, I think there may be some value, but I will defer to Ms. K of putting a structure in place that gives her some autonomy to recommend finalists and makes that sort of a feature of the advisory committee that the, the very first step is a, is a list of finalists. Thank you, Member Graham. And we also have Dr. Edward Vincent who would like to comment. Yes, I just wanted to comment in regards to um, what Dr. K just shared. Um, I would be in support of her um, recommendation. Um, I think with the school name being changed, I would like to um, see the involvement of Dr. K and um, maybe two members of her staff. Um, so even if there is some kind of smaller group that would be school-based, um, I, I think that it would be um, in their best interest to be able to be actively involved in the advisory process. 
And so um, to give Dr. K um, some flexibility with her staff in terms of who would be willing um, to make uh, the commitment to the meetings that are gonna happen. Um, they are um, currently at the building and I just feel that it's critically important that they are um, actively involved in the process. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Edward Vincent. Ms. Kay? Uh, Mayor, I just, I just wanted to add one thing. Um, listening to everything that's being discussed this evening and, and going through a process, I just want to voice a little tiny concern that I have inside, well, one of many, but um, if in fact we as a school submitted some names and then there were other names that came from wherever, be they children at my school through a different venue, I would fear that, that it might be taken that we didn't take the work we did in the school seriously if we were to submit a certain number of names to the advisory committee. If, does that make sense? So, Dr. K? Yes. Are, are you saying that it would be better for, uh, for the school not to submit names um, specifically from the school? I, I am thinking that maybe if we want it really to be a transparent and, and a genuous process that any, any single child from the Columbus, if they wanted to submit a name and we're saying we're taking names from everybody, then that might be a, 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 a more fair, a less. Um, okay. So if, I, if you look at the paragraph that I wrote, which is on the screen, if we take away um, in the uh, first large paragraph, if we take away the last sentence, um, the goal of both the staff and student input is to come up with three to five names. If we just take that out, okay, yep. if you remove that, then you have in recognition that the staff and students of the Columbus School are dedicated to their school. The school committee requests the principal to create a representative group of staff to solicit input from their colleagues. Oh, um, yeah, no, okay, that doesn't work. Uh, but but, but it, it, it could in that we're going to be encouraging the students as teachers to be involved. Okay. And okay. that we would have whatever form it is the committee decides to use for a submission. The teachers could help support the children as a class or as an individual to then submit those applications. And then if we had representation, whether it be two or three or four, from the Columbus School on the advisory committee, then we're involved in the process and then everybody's name has the equitable um, likelihood of being chosen. All right, so I, my next sentence is additionally, student input is highly desirable and if it is feasible, student participation will be encouraged in any way the principal deems to be workable in this very short period of time. Yes, that would work for me. Okay, and then the last sentence to that paragraph is further the principal of the Columbus or her designee, as well as two staff members selected by their peers or appointed by the principal. And I have a question mark there because I don't know which is better. I don't know whether you prefer um, to say that you'll appoint them or whether you say, oh yeah, doing a, um, a vote is the better way, you know. I, I would love for it if, if it could go for a vote and then the, the people who are really interested are the ones who the staff would then choose. Great. So we'll take a while about that. And that's now, like a fair process to me as well from the, from the, uh, the teacher representation point. Right. So thank you. Thank you. Um, now, 
you know, again, that's what I'm kind of suggesting to working through from what I heard Jenny say and whatever. Jenny, is that, does that meet your? Yeah, I just want to make sure that we don't make it so hard for the Columbus teachers and community to participate in the advisory committee that they don't. And then we have sort of left that voice out. Yeah. So that I think, you know, Dr. K, if you feel like there will be volunteers and excitement to do this, this work, um, I, I'm totally comfortable with that. I just don't want it ever to be said that this committee did not value the input and, um, and thought leadership of the community at the Columbus school. So I just want to make sure you're comfortable that this will work for you. Um, well, well, I am certainly committed and, and I hope that we will have teachers who would be interested in being on the, this committee as well. Um, do you think there should be more than um, the three representatives or do you think that's a realistic number? Uh, you should know, we... I think it's hard to tell because I don't know how many other committee members you have tossed around that, you know, you'd like to have involved. I mean, it would be nice to have like a teacher representation, a specialist representation and perhaps the supports of providers, as well as, you know, an administrator. So that would make four. But if that then makes the advisory committee too large, I certainly, I certainly see the value in not having as many as well. So why don't we just put uh, the principal and as well as two to four staff members, and we can come back to that piece after we figure out the other members of the committee. That, that works for me. Dr. Edward Vincent, how about you? Do you think that's fair too? Um, yeah, I'd be comfortable with two to four members. I, I don't know what the total number is going to be. Um, yeah, we, we can revisit it if it's too large. Yeah. Kathy, we appreciate you being here tonight. Oh, and I appreciate everyone being here too. Thank you so much for the support. Okay, so by April 16, 2021, a Medford High School student who attended the Columbus School is a member of the CCSR and who is able to make the time commitment will be selected by his, her, their peers to be a member of the advisory committee. So um, make I'm it a little bit more broad so that, I mean, what if we have a great student that is not part of CCSR? You can take off the CCC, C, I don't know. I, I use that only because it was an easy way for students to be elected by their peers. And so that's why, that's why I limited it that way. And also because I know that they're, you know, a service um, organization interested in community participation. Um, you know, again, I'm just throwing out some of these things mm -hmm. by saying um, there is having a, uh, a high school student rep on any committee that we have is I think an appropriate thing to have. I'm absolutely fine with however people want to uh, amend it. I think you could leave it in, but you could say preferably. So a Medford High School student, prefer preferably one who attended the Columbus School and or is a member of CCSR. Right. Member Graham. I, I think when I read this, what I 
liked about it was that we are like, again, under the umbrella of um, making sure our Columbus school community is involved. I, I do like, I think we shouldn't shy away from having additional members of the high school um, on the committee, but I would like to see us ensure that there is a member of the Columbus community that is currently in high school that can participate in this. My concern is with the timeline that is being suggested to fulfill every single um, slot that we want to may take a lot more time than, I mean, maybe, maybe there's a lot more interest than. So mayor, that's why I, I designated the CCSR because they have, you know, meetings and they right. have, you know, it's just organizationally, it's a, it's a really easy way um, that kids can get together and vote and say, who's mm -hmm. from Columbus, who's interested. That's assuming you're going to have more, more, more than one person interested that even fits that non-broad category. Well, if they I'm, don't, that's my, just my concern that oh, we're, we'll get to the last day and we say, we're supposed to have a committee today, but we have three slots that aren't filled by the exact specifications listed in the policy we set. So I'm just, that's, that's a concern of mine. Right. Just like Miss K, we need four staff members. Oh, Miss K, Miss K only has two that are even interested to do it. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case. I'm just that's the timeline is very tight um, to be able to fulfill. Right. I all, think we all can ask Mr. Scorker this week if he could talk to the kids and find out if there's interest. Miss Kay, would you like to speak? And before you speak, I, I cannot see Member Rousseau, Member McLaughlin, or Member Kretz. So if you'd like to speak and chime in, please just- Member Kretz has had her hand up, Mayor. Okay, yeah, I can't see everybody. Um, so please just chime in. Miss Kay. Um, okay, so I just wanted to ask Actually, a point- Member Kretz has had her hand up, Mayor. Sorry, point of privilege. She's had her hand up and she just unmuted and tried to start talking, excuse me. Member Kretz then, if Miss Kay, if you don't mind. Not at all. Thank you. Kathy, we can't hear you. Which one? She is unmuted. She should be able to unmute herself. Remember Kretz? She's unmuted, but we can't hear her. There's no oh. mic. There's no. Remember Kretz, if you press the little arrow next to the mute button, it says test speaker and microphone sometimes. And then you hit yes, if you can hear it. Sometimes that happens on my work computer. You can also change the option in there and that sometimes. Member Graham, um, while they're trying to figure that out, uh, bullet one and two essentially are the same and need to be condensed. Mm. 
Why don't we um, allow Ms. Kay, if you could make your comment while Member Kretz tries to unmute. Sure. Um, I just wanted to ask for clarity. Let's say there are three people from the Columbus who are on the advisory committee. Are they like sworn to secrecy or are they allowed to come back to the Columbus to speak to the other constituents and staff to sort of get input for them and then be representative of, you know, more people without having the people actually on the committee? Um, elsewhere in this document, we talk about all the meetings being um, posted via um, compliance with the open meeting law. So there would, if that carries, there would be no concern about um, that discussion happening. Okay. So they could then, you know, talk to the teachers at school and they get, oh yeah, that's a good idea and bring it back forward. And good. that's good to know. I think that, that, that allows more people to have a voice as well, I think without having so many people actually in the room. So this one. Hi, can you hear me? Cause it is work. I can hear it on my test. We can hear you now. You're back. We can hear you now. Okay. All right. Um, so I had, um, when uh, Paulette had shared her resolution, I reached out to um, Ms. Vandekloot to just let her know that I felt the same way that I don't think it should be exclusive to the CCSR. I think it should be open to high school students. Um, and, and I felt the same way and, and possibly maybe a backup student, um, whereas we, we do have two um, high school students that serve on our committee and um, they take turns. So, you know, what if, you know, because where it is high school and it's the end of the year and there's finals and, and things like that, it might be busy with the, with the schedules that they might have. So I feel like it might, even if we picked two students, they might not be able to make all the meetings, but they might, you know, one of them might be able to make a meeting and they could, you know, kind of like go back and forth or come up with a schedule that works for both of them. Yes, thank you, Member Kratz. Thanks. Mayor. Sorry. Member Russo. Thank you. I've never, not sure if you can see me, so that's why I spoke. Apologies. Uh, we could just change the language to um, up to four and then not have to keep revisiting it. Um, and any of these things where we're concerned that there will not be enough, um, where we are not actually doing the selecting, I think solves the problem. Um, I certainly don't want us to be in a situation where we have all agreed hardcore on a single detail and then at the end of the day, we can't comply with it. And then we're all stuck wondering, well, what does that mean? So yes. that would be my, my recommendation. Um, as great. for the um, student student representatives, I certainly, um, uh, for the CCSR, I, I, the, the exact same logic that I think um, member Vanderclute used about, you know, there's a, there's a group, there's somebody to talk to and ask about, you know, we have to run a full-blown student government <laughs> election to accomplish this. I'm guessing that Mr. Scorker or whoever could, you know, email the whole group and probably have an answer to this in very short order. Um, I do, I do think alternates and um, people not being the person um, is problematic. Um, missing out on, you know, it'd be like as if there was school committee members who swapped in for each other. Uh, it would make the conversations very difficult to um, to to maintain continuity. So um, I, I would certainly be opposed to having 
alternates or having two people where one attends one meeting and one attends the other. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's go through one more section. And then I know there's hands up from the community. So let's. Okay, on April 26, 2021, a committee of the whole will be held to select and confirm the 15 voting members and one ex officio member as follows. So the question is, is 15 a good number for everybody? Can we agree on that? Well, why don't we put, let, let's work through each of the lines and then figure out how many it comes up to, okay? Um, the number one said the up to four names are, uh, um, so it says the two names selected from the Columbus School and Principal Kathy Kay. Um, so we, we had put the up to four individuals selected from the, it should say up to four individuals, not names, sorry. Thank you for doing this, Jenny. No problem. So um, on number two, it says each school committee member will select a member of the advisory committee from the valid applications received and will state the names publicly uh, in the event that an application is selected by more than one school committee member, the members will continue to name applicants until a total of seven advisory committee members have been named. Now that was uh, member Rousseau had uh, done it. He had suggested that every school committee select two. Um, that put together a committee of 14 already. I was concerned about the overall size. Um, the process is the same that we each name one so we can look, once we sort of figure out the total number of people, um, we can decide whether it should be one person or two people. Um, the next- Any thought to, any thought to I allow- have a, I have a question. Member Kratz? Yes. So I, I actually think that, you know, we should really amend this to be more of no, like number two specifically, and we're at the end, you know, having a lottery selection. I feel that, you know, we shouldn't be involved in selecting the applicants. It should, those applicants in that section there with the other section at the end should be done via the lottery system where, where, where when the applications are sent in, there would be a box where somebody could check off the racial equity task force, uh, self medford community, um, Medford historian or historical society, CPAC, Italian Alliance, Italian American. So I feel like, you know, the lottery is the is the most equitable process where it's not going to be a human, you know, looking at that application. There could be room for bias making those selections you know, to that advisory committee. So I just, I felt as though there needs to be a larger number for the lottery selection. And in order to do that, we would, you know, have to remove 
the school committee making a selection for the applicants. Similar to what we do for the middle school lottery selection where, um, where the students are put into a lottery and it's, it's selected you know, via the lottery selection process. I think that's worth um, discussing. I, I too have concerns about each of us picking two people where, and I'm question if it should be someone from, I'm sorry, but somebody from our administration to do it, to make sure it's a diverse group of whatever that may be, 13, 15, 21 people. So that, that's just a thought I wanted to throw out there. Member Roussel? Thank you, Mayor. Um, you bring up a very important point that I also have concerns about. Um, our current policy, however, is explicit that we must select the members um, the word is select is in the policy. So a lottery to me is a violation of our policy. Um, a, a, achieving a, a, a advisory committee that in fact is representative of the community, I think based on our current policy is only gonna happen if we actually select them. Um, and you know, it's not, I, I think we need to look to other communities and amend this policy and do some work to figure out how on earth do communities do exactly what I think we are all saying we want? But our current policy is explicit. We must, we, the members, must select the members of the advisory committee. A lottery is not a selection. Um, I also have a, a grave concerns about a lottery. Um, you know, I, I think that when we're looking through the applicants, I'm looking for people who are making it crystal clear they want to do the work. A lottery could be anybody who just throws their name in. And I don't believe that we're only going to have applicants that are good actors that are interested in doing the work and finding a new name. Um, I think we have to build this to defend against disruption. Uh, otherwise we're gonna, this advisory committee is gonna either fall apart or at the end of the day, they're gonna come back to us and say, we couldn't do it, not possible, here's why. And I don't know if anybody here wants to continue doing this for a whole nother year, but I certainly don't. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I would literally vote against the entire resolution. Um, and I also think it's a violation of our policy to have um, a lottery. So mayor. Member Vanderkloot. So uh, again, um, I, um, I have two different committee members who have very different feelings about this. Um, one wants um, each of us to pick two and one wants everything to be done by lottery. I was looking for a middle road and um, uh, because I, I the, the um, and to me, the middle road and was do three by lottery. So there was some totally random piece. Okay. And, um, and then do uh, have each of the committee members um, pick one. Um, to be honest with you, I'm very open to whatever the majority of the committee wants to do. Uh, I'm not stuck on any of this. I just wanted to explain uh, where I was coming from and knowing Kathy had already said to me, I think everybody should be by lottery. And I knew what Paul said. So I was trying to bring uh, everything together to a middle place. I personally believe that when it says select, if we decide that part of that selection should be by lottery, I'm not uncomfortable with it. Um, and, but clearly I didn't say we should select the whole committee um, to try and bring people together. 
Thank you. Um, Paul, can you go along with any piece of the, can you go along with three lotteries? I cannot go along with any lottery. But I mean, I don't, I'm not, you know, it's not a dictatorship. I, as I mentioned earlier in my moment of uh, losing control, um, I don't have to be in the majority and I can lose the vote. But I think a lottery is setting ourselves up for failure. And I, I do think that's not a very nice thing to do to the people that are going to volunteer their time. Um, I think and I see other hands up. I think I'm looking to bring people together. So. Mm -hmm. Member Graham? Um, I do think we need to take active steps to ensure that um, bad actors don't totally torpedo this process because that will be the very definition of not bringing people together. So we need to take active measure to ensure that we um, are putting people on the committee who not only want to do the work, but are committed to moving the school community forward. And um, I do believe that we need to select people to do that. Um, I, I don't think we can leave that to chance because the lottery, liter literally, you can be completely against the name change and submit um, an application, which is fine. But if the lottery produces an entire group of people who are there to oppose the name change, the committee will not be able to move forward. And that is not um, actually helping us accomplish the work that we're doing. So I, I have major hesitations about the lottery, but I don't mind the notion of a small number of people um, being picked by lottery. I would be fine with three, but I also think the committee needs to each pick two because we have, we have put all of the work of reviewing and vetting names on the committee and it will be a considerable amount of work. So I, I think the committee should, I think the school committee should each select two. Um, and I think there should be three additional names pulled via lottery. Mayor? Member Rousseau? I actually, uh, back that I would not agree to this. I would just, um, if we could add language where um, the chair and um, I think if we can add some kind of a language where somebody who has been selected by us or the lottery is not being a good faith actor in the effort that they can be removed. Um, I mean, it's just not fair to ask people to volunteer, come to a meeting right. and have somebody who spends the entire time trying to make sure that it can't happen. I mean, what kind of a, that's just horrible. I mean, that's sort of like running for office. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, it just doesn't make sense. So if we could add something where there is an out and I need, I think we need to be careful because I'm not interested in an out where people can be kicked off because they're just disagreeing. Like, that's definitely not my goal here. Um, but some language where 
we, the chair has the authority, maybe with consultation of, you know, a majority of the members um, of the advisory committee can decide to remove somebody for bad faith effort. I don't, I don't know what language sounds good. But. What about allowing the admin to fully vet and pick the committee? That's a violation Before, of our policy. Yeah, but so isn't a lottery. Well, the, the, the language in the, in the policy is, um, I have it right here. Um, the, uh, appointments to such committees will be made by the committee. So I said that the word select was in there and I was wrong. I brought it up after I said that. So, um, but it's, it is by the committee. I mean, we also could go back by the way and each of us could just do our own personal lottery of all of the names, um, you know, so there isn't a chance if any member is totally uncomfortable with the notion of picking members, well, then just throw them up in the air and pick the first two that you grab. I mean, you know, there's, there's other ways to accomplish that. But um, I, I think that putting it on the admin or has historically happened in Medford, putting it on the mayor or her office, um, those are not valid ways and they're a violation of our policy that I, I think, you know, if this was a rule, we could suspend the rules. This is not a rule. This is a policy. We can't just suspend the policy. So I don't want to delay while we consider rewriting the policy. The lottery is not part of our policy. So that's where it's. Um, and we should, we can just remove it. It's fine. But I think the administration, not that I want to put anything on the administration, but should be responsible for picking this committee. How does the administration feel about that? Need to make sure this is a diverse committee and I'm not sure how we do that if we're each picking two members. Aren't we all capable of looking out for that if that is important to us? I am. I am. I would just like to make a point of information. You know, there is still potential room for, you know, some bias in the process. You know, in order to make it equitable, I feel as though removing the school committee from the process is the most equitable way to ensure it's a diverse committee. So if it's not going to be done via the lottery, you know, there has to be, you know, somebody that's overseeing or ensuring that it's a diverse committee. I'll just give an example. Um, we just recently in September disbanded the vision committee because it wasn't a diverse committee. So that's something that could happen. We're all going to be going through these applications and we have all the same applications and, you know, you know, there's room for human error making that selection, you know, there's room for emotion, making that selection, you know, choosing that candidate. Um, I just think, you know, it should be, if it's not going to be done via the lottery, then I agree with the mayor, it would be part of the administration team, you know, to review the applications. Mayor. Member Rousseau. I, I mean, I, being an elected official is supposed to be hard, I thought. I, I'm not interested in putting this responsibility on somebody else. Um, 
And yes, I'm not going to pick just anybody of the applications. I'm going to pick people whom I think based on their reason they want to be on it, reflect what I imagine they may in fact decide on when they come to selecting a name. I'm not going to just randomly pick somebody. And by the way, with random, with, with a lottery, we could literally end up with 14 white women. That's totally possible. The lottery does not guarantee in any way, shape or form a distribution of anything because it has everything to do with the applicant pool. So if we fail to reach out to anybody from um, a certain sub community that we're interested in having representation to, if we don't get applications for them or we get one application from them, well, they're not going to end up on this committee. I mean, uh, the lottery in no way, shape, or form provides actual representation. It did for the, for the schools, for the middle school, because we had a set group to start with that we knew and that we knew where we wanted to go. So, but we will not know who the applicants are. So it's an impossible thing to use a lottery to accomplish any level of equity. Um, and um, I, I think that that's really important. Um, so, I, and I, I, again, I don't want to beat the dead horse here, but our policy is very clear that we selected. It's an explicit language here. Appointments to such committees will be made by the committee, not or their delegate or the superintendent or anybody else. So I don't believe we have an option to give it to somebody else. Mayor? Member McLaughlin? Um, another option for this could be that we do, like we did with the... Um, with the superintendent um, search, where we basically made the applications blind for lack of a better word. Um, and so we didn't see, you know, the individual's name necessarily, what have you, but we could see the narrative around it. And we could sort of, you know, go from that perspective. Um, if you're, if you're thinking about the, if people are thinking about the implicit bias piece and to, I mean, I, I'm hearing both sides of the argument right now to member Rousseau's point, I think, it has to be pointed in terms of being diverse and the lottery won't do that. To member um, Kretz's point, um, it can remove the implicit bias, but again, doesn't account for the diversity. So um, I'm wondering if there's some compromise there for the, you know, to have a, a blind application. A, a blind application, or we could pick our top five or 10 and we are, picking the names, but the administration can finalize the committee. Well, I think to member Rousseau's point, also we are selecting, but the administration could finalize. Cause I was gonna to say to member Rousseau's point, it's not part of the policy, but if we're selecting and they finalize, it could be another workaround. Yes, it's all in the wording. So I don't know. Yeah. That's that, right, would policy. My, that would be my suggestion. I guess member Vandekloot. Yeah, I need I need you to say that again. Um, I'm troubled because I think that we as school committee members do um, uh, have the ability to pick a person, and I think that we'll pick a person that will each have a criteria um, that will not be the same, um, you know, uh, necessarily. Um, but that's why there's seven of us, um, you know. You know, to pick blind, I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe you could just say yours again, Mayor, because I really didn't get. 
we pick a number, so say 50 applications come in, we each pick our top 10, we give those top 10 to the administration, and they have, they have a tough task on their hands, but they're going to see seven people's top 10. And they're going to be able to make sure it's a diverse, they're going to finalize a committee of diverse members. So if, if seven of us pick seven Italian Americans, because we heard loud and clear how they feel, that's not a diverse committee, but the administration would have the ability to do that out of our top selections, like the policy says, we have to select, they will finalize. And what if we don't like the committee that the uh, superintendent or her designate comes up with? Um, I mean, that's I the problem. The administration, they don't, they don't, some of them don't live here, they're, they're not going to have biases. Um, I, I feel like it would be a better way moving forward to build the trust in the community that we so badly need to try to restore. Well, you know, I'm, I'm open to hearing my colleagues. If everybody thinks that's going to work, um, you know, I don't know. Kathy, how do you feel about I, that? I, I would be okay with that resolution, the, what's proposed by the mayor. I just really think that there is too much room for bias in the process. It would be okay if we went through and we gave our top 10, and then the final decision would come from the administration so that you know, I didn't handpick, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, to fit my, you know, you know, what I wanted. I, I just, you know, I just really, and I want to have a diverse committee because we recently just disbanded the visionary committee and we haven't begun that process to start the application process for that committee. So I just feel it's it's really important that we we get a diverse, a diverse group of candidates equitable. So I guess we just have to ask a, a superintendent, are, is that something which is comfortable for you? Mayor, excuse me, Member Graham has had her hand up. Oh, sorry. Member Graham? Um, I, I am completely opposed to giving this responsibility to the administration. I think one thing that we have heard from everybody, no matter what um, their perspective on the renaming of the Columbus School is, is that the administration has a very big task ahead of them to um, get kids back to school. And this was our decision. And six out of the seven of us said yes to this vote in June. We need to own the consequences of that decision. And we need to own the completion of the task and pushing the dirty work onto the administration because it's uncomfortable is not what we're here to do. We made a decision and it's up to us to carry that decision forward, not, not to make other people do the, do the work that we don't wanna do. Um, so I'm completely opposed and it has nothing to do with trust before anybody goes there. It has nothing to do with trusting the superintendent. It has nothing to do with trusting the administration. It has to do with our responsibility and ownership as this school committee for this decision.